Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting next to me is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers. Good morning, Ed. What's going on, Ken? Everything Happy is good. Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. Um, how was the parade? The St. Patrick's Day Parade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope you're not referring to the downtown parade, because I don't participate in that one. We're uh, all about the Archer Avenue Parade. I see. Uh, out by Midway. There's um, dueling parades. I wouldn't call them dueling parades. Is there the, still a Southside Parade? There is. Uh, that one's actually today. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's good to talk to an Irish guy, you know? Yeah, we keep up on the, on the parades. But the Archer Parade was great. Raised a bunch of money for... Um, you know, police. Uh, the beneficiary was Officer Daniel Golden, who was shot last um, last fall off duty. Not this latest. No, unfortunately, yeah, that was a heartbreaking um, you know, shooting a couple of weeks ago down in the Eighth District. And you know, a couple of years ago, this Archer Avenue parade. Two years ago, or last year, I should say, the um, the beneficiary was the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation, and donations were made in the name of Ella French, and uh, a policewoman from that district who'd been killed. This past year, we had Daniel Golden, who was shot off duty. Uh, the donations went to his foundation. And then, I mean, I would imagine that next year it'll be done to uh, benefit the Police Memorial Foundation or something in the name of um, the most recent shooting. But uh, it's uh, it's a horrible reminder of um, of some of what the, the police officers are up against in the city of Chicago. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I don't need to start on a, on a negative, but, you know, I hate to hear people bashing the cops because put you know walk a day in their shoes that's especially, no joke especially, especially here in chicago it is no joke right 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 and i mean it, in in that neighborhood that uh, the southwest side out by midway garfield uh you know clearing area yeah. it's um you know there are a lot of police officers a lot of really blue collar people in those communities and the support they show for law enforcement is truly inspiring they came together and uh, we raised uh, a good amount of money for Daniel Golden, so it was yeah. it was a great it was a great day. That's good. It's 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 cool to use something like that, like a parade or an event, to you know raise money for a good cause. Yeah, I right? mean it brings and the community. Like you've got all the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and school bands and stuff marching. And but you it's, know, a lot, it's a lot of unions, correct? A hundred percent. And then it started with the unions, correct? Right. And the, so once again, the unions are you know taking time out of their day, out of their schedule, out of you know whatever it is to plan and help the the, the greater good. Right. right? I mean, the, the financial backing of the parade and the organizing is all done by a group of unions, and then. You know, uh, community groups and school bands and all that type of stuff are all, you know, they all march for free. And um, it's it's a really cool thing. It only started about seven or eight years ago, um, but it actually continued through the pandemic, uh, making it Chicago's longest continually running St. Patrick's Day parade. Little known fact, but let's not forget it. They canceled the downtown parade. So, uh, Archer Avenue never stopped. Well, the workers, Mike, by the way, had a banner. That's for, right. For the first time in the parade. And our excellent um, YouTube producers, by the way, if you miss something on the workers, Mike, right. you can go to, what is it, uh, YouTube. Yeah, and look up, yeah, YouTube. It's is, a it website. Called, is it the YouTube or is it YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> Just YouTube? Man, oh man, Ken. Yeah, YouTube and look up the workers' mic. That's the name of our show, Ken. The workers' mic. The workers' mic. On you can YouTube. look for that. And we've got clips. We've got shows. If you miss anything, you can stop by there for the director's cut. But yeah, the uh, the the, the uh, fine young men who produce the show and film it were out there. Um, you know, they're from Da Vinci Street Productions. Yeah. And uh, so, if you've got any video needs, these guys are. You know, you're not going to find better. 
and uh, DePaul students. That's right. right. Uh, actually, college students. So they have the best of both worlds, going to college and actually working at the same time. Right. So let's talk about uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, we have, in my humble opinion... Some great a, news. Yeah. A lot, lot of, of good news. really positive things have happened over the past week, just the last week. And I think... You know, I mean, I want to give credit where credit's due. A lot of it, probably all of it, quite frankly, has to do with people listening to our show. I think that we're really spreading a lot of ideas about unionism across the country. The well, you hear, you hear President Biden talking about, you know, unions and the PRO Act or whatever. I he didn't he had, just think of that. He just he forgot about it. And he's like, oh, I listen to the workers mic on Sunday on WGN. Yeah. And yeah, I should mention that. I know. And so we, we have some pretty exciting news. Um, about a, a lot of the topics that we have been talking about now right. since the beginning of this year, which is the year of the worker, as you call it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're going to talk about that. So um, stay we're tuned. We're also going to have a guest. Oh, that's right. We're going to have Ron Whittingham from Megan from Financial. Megan Financial. Yep, he's he t- he's he's fantastic. Giving some tips on retirement saving for uh, everybody out there, union members and non-union members. Exactly. Yeah, and he is also you know one of the main sponsors of our show, and always a, a great guest. Great guy, yes, wealth of information. Super, super good guy. So um, stay tuned, uh, listen in. We'll be right back right here with the Workers Mike on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. This is Ed. And as we talked about earlier, we are thrilled to have, once again, Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial. Welcome, Ron. Ken, great to be here. Ed, Welcome great to be back. here. Yeah, happy to thanks. have you. Super happy. And thanks for sponsoring the show, by the way. We, I've, I always forget to thank you for that. It has been great. It's been a great opportunity. Yeah, it's been good for us, too. I know we get a lot of positive feedback from our members about the services that you provide. So we're here to talk about some of those today. Sure. And let's, let's, let's start with kind of the low-hanging fruit, which is Unionland, right? Sure. Yeah. How, how do we help unions? You know, I, I was listening to the show uh, probably about a month or so ago, and Jim Sweeney from uh, Local 150 was on it. Never heard of him. Yep. And he, I'm sure, he, you know, he said that when he first started, he was an organizer. Mm-hmm. And, and he would go to people's homes right. and explain the benefits of the union and why you want to be in the union. Sure. So, Megan Financial, we kind of do the same thing. You know, we will sit with apprentices and explain the benefits because they are good news. I always say this, that the benefits are the union's best kept secret. For sure. sure. We make sure they're not. Yeah. We sit with soon-to-be retirees, sit with husbands and spouses, and show them what their net after-tax income is going to be. So that whole financial anxiety of, can I make this work, is off the table. And you have the, the conversation, like kitchen table conversations. Yeah, wherever right? they want to meet. I mean, husband, spouse, uh, sit at their kitchen table, sit at one of our offices. We have three in Chicago land. Sit at a, at a Panera Corner Bakery, wherever you want to sit. We sit with them, explain everything. We even... You know, when members pass away, we sit there with widows. Right. You know, I, I just, we just unfortunately had a member pass away, and you know, she called me, and number one was grateful for the the death benefits that were provided by both her union and the MCL. Um, her 
uh, husband had purchased a large amount of supplemental uh, life insurance, so she got that check and it's tax-free. And then she told me that she had contacted you and that you were literally coming to her house on Saturday to sit with her and talk with her. Yeah, I, let's not let's not you know broadcast the Saturday morning meetings, but for her, <laughs> everybody's going to want them. But for her, it worked, and and she needed it because she had a job, and you know she just lost her husband. Yeah, no, that's I mean, look, that's going going the extra mile. I don't see you know Megacorp USA coming to do that. I think that distinguishes you guys from everybody else. You know, you have to be different. You know, we when you call our offices, you have we have a we have three people that answer the phone. I mean, it's not an, an answering service. It's not a robot. You're not calling the Philippines. It's actually people in Orland Park answering mm-hmm. the phone. You have live advisors going to your home and creating a plan specific to you and your union. So, you know, one of the things, and then we're going to, I want to pivot here for a second, but one of the things I think is important is and for those of you that are listening out there, you know, use the service. They'll come to you or meet you, like you just said, someplace that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Because you go to a financial planning office or you go to a, an attorney's office, you hear about every third word because you're nervous, right? You're sitting in, in an office or a giant conference room where people are buzzing about. And, you know, what you guys do is like, hey, sit down. I'm going to explain this to you in plain English. I'm going to give you numbers and, you know, I'm going to make this as humanly uh, easily as possible. And so we, we thank you for that and think that's important. Yeah, no, thanks. You you raise a good point, though, because we talk about it with organizing, as Jim did, where, um, you know, there are unions that will try to organize legislatively or will send out blast emails or just try to have these conversations over the phone. And it's just never as successful. Despite all the technology that comes out, the most powerful conversation you can have when you're organizing someone is sitting down at their kitchen table or meeting sure. them out at uh, at a bar or a restaurant or something like that. And not only talking to them, but also talking to their spouse. Ex- exactly. Right? You get the buy-in from the spouse, like, hey, this is a good idea that we put X number of dollars away per, you know, Ron's uh, advice. Or, hey, I think it's a good idea that we join the union. You know, this sounds like a great idea, great opportunity. And when you get the spouse's buy-in, you know, the husband or, or wife or, or whatever tends to, I think, take it a little bit more seriously and is not afraid coming home. It's like, oh, hey, honey, uh, uh, I signed a union card today. I'm right. going to lose my job, you know. If you have that, that person behind you saying, hey, let's do this, let's do it together, that's powerful. Yeah, you need to have everybody on board. And I've never been an organizer, don't know anything about it, but I would imagine the boots-on-the-ground approach is probably sure. harder yeah. because you, you need more bodies. And, and same thing with my industry. I mean, you know, we could set our office up where it's an 800 number and just call us and – and it's not that touchy-feeliness, but that's what makes us different, is we have that touchy-feely family office approach. And they don't, how, and they don't t- call you Mr. Whittingham. They call you Ron. Yeah, they call me a lot of things. How, t- <laughs> how, how touchy are you? Like, are you really touchy? Yeah, well, it depends, Ken. Well, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Good point. <laughs> so now let's talk about, let's, so let's, let's pivot to, you're not in the union, right? Because this is the worker's mic. It's not necessarily just for union members. Mm-hmm. Suppose you don't have the benefits of, you know, being in, you know, a union that has a pension and a 401k and a, all the other bells and whistles that we have you know what what should you be doing ron yeah so the, for the union people it's done for them right and you know we have financial planning software so when we're working with a union family it's we really don't have to do it our part of the job because it's done for us you shouldn't right? say that out loud yeah it's very it's, it's easier for sure <laughs> uh still tough but it's easy less to navigate so um 
you know, we, we put their, their inputs in, their pensions and their social security benefits and their 401k or annuity balances, and then there's a success rate. And nine times out of 10 with a union person, if they're, they have a long career in the union, there's a 100% or over success rate. Uh, for people who aren't working with the unions, who don't have these defined benefit plans, who don't have retiree medical, the, the financial planning software still works. So you just have to sit there and say, okay, here's my goal. I want to retire at 62, 65. I want to retire with... $7,000 a month with Social Security. This is what you need to do. Now, obviously, the earlier you start the process, right. Right. the better chance you're going to succeed. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's what you need to do. So for all the listeners, you need to start now. Like yesterday. Yeah. I mean, again, for unions, first day on the job, these apprentices are putting away for retirement. Right. They don't really know about it, yeah. but it's done for them. Right. But for people who need to do it themselves, they need to start right away. Do you take uh, do you take people off the street? Like if somebody called you and said, "Hey, you know, I want you to do my financial planning for me. I'm not part of a union." Do you do you take those folks? Sure, we do. I mean, we don't really have a like an entree to a lot of it. We know we work with unions because we're we're in front of a lot of the union people. But suppose like a union member says, you know, hey, my cousin is, you know, he's not in a union, and you know, he he certainly could use some help. Would you take that person as well? Yeah, for sure. You know, we're kind of weird as far as or unique, I should say, as far as financial planning goes, that we don't have account minimums. A lot of a, a lot of financial planners say, I need to have a half a million dollars for right. me to even oh, talk to you. Okay, and we don't do that. That's interesting. Yeah, and so, what could be more intimidating when you're just getting started than and somebody saying we won't even talk to you unless you've got a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand yeah. or right. Yeah, that's that's kind of dejecting. It's like yeah. when you open a bank account and you need you know X number of dollars to get that really good rate. If you if you're just joining us right now, we're, we're listening or we're talking with Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial, um, and he's talking about you know what to do uh, and when to do it in terms of financial planning. You know, I was talking to an apprentice the other day, Ron, and he literally had just gotten his union card. And he may have been all of 20 years old. And I said to him, you know, do you know about this? And he knew nothing about anything. But he was calling me about it. I forget forget what it was. It might have been something like super, super simple. And we got to talking. And I told him, I said, listen, assuming things go well, stock market returns what it should return per year, which is what, 9%? Probably a little less than that. Okay. So, 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 you know, I'd say 7, 8. Okay. He's 20 if he retires at 60, I'm like, you're going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Literally, you're going to be a millionaire when you retire. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is what they put away for you. Here's your pension. You have Social Security as well. You're literally going to be a millionaire. And I thought that was cool, you know? It is cool. He'll, I mean, he'll have a million dollars in his, his annuity, but he'll also be over a million dollars with this pension. Because if you take a look at what has to be behind that defined benefit plan, right? it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So how does somebody reach you? Uh, they can uh, reach us at 708-444-1090. That's our phone number. Or they, we have an email. Uh, that email is on our website, which is www.megent.com. And I think if anybody out there is, um, hasn't started and feels a little bit of avoidance when it comes to this, because it can be sort of a touchy topic or something you don't want to think about if you don't know if you're prepared, um, you know, I always say, when's the best time to start financially planning? 20 years ago. What's <laughs> right. the second best time? Right now. So yeah. start looking into it. Make some phone calls because uh, you'll be glad you did. Yeah, and then, and then one last thing. You know, once again, to the to the Starbucks workers of the world and the Trader Joes and these nascent unions, you know, 
they can pick up the phone, Ron, and pick up the phone and call you and say, hey, I heard you on the radio, and I know you do a lot of work for unions. Do you have any suggestions as to what we can put in our contracts? And quite frankly, they can call us as well. Don't feel the need to reinvent the wheel. It already exists. Yep. Right? I mean, you would take those calls. Yeah, I mean, we our niche is working-class people, so right. it's not the, the high-net-worth people out there. So yep. Right. Well, listen, uh, we've been talking to Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial, um, our main sponsor here on the Workers' Mic. Ron, we really appreciate you uh, coming in today, this morning, and sitting with us and imparting some wisdom to our listeners. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. Ron Whittingham, Investment Executive, 15321 South 94th Avenue, Suite 100, Orland Park, Illinois, 60462, 708-444-1090. Securities and advisory services offered through Satera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. The views depicted on this broadcast are general in nature and are provided for informational use only. The views are not necessarily those of Satera Advisors, LLC. They should not be considered as specific investment or tax advice. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Keep in mind that investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Investment decisions should be based on individuals' own goals, time horizon, and tolerance for risk. Consult your investment and or tax professional regarding your unique situation. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. Uh, if you're just tuning in, today we're going to be talking a little bit more about some pretty exciting developments at the federal level, at state levels. You know, for the last couple of months, we've talked on and off about different topics to make it more easy for workers to organize to give the government some additional tools to penalize employers who violate their workers' rights. And it's all kind of come together, as you said in the last segment, Ken. I think that um, I think that maybe, you know, Joe Biden and Congress people are listening to our show and uh, it's obvious we're largely responsible yeah. for a lot of this movement. I get a lot of emails from the administration like, Ken, what should we do? You know, what do you think we should pass the PRO Act? Or, yeah. Well, first you've got to reintroduce it. So... In that regard, for a shout out or you know, we're behind the scenes. I think so. You know what I mean? We don't we don't need the glory. Yeah, but um, one of the things that happened in the last week is the uh, reintroduction of the Pro Act, and that's uh, protecting the right to organize. It's a bill that uh, was first introduced maybe two years ago, around there. Yeah, um, and you know, given sort of the partisan nature of Congress, a lot, uh, you know, not a lot has happened. And, you know, I think that it's unlikely that this is going to pass right now. But the the fact that it was reintroduced, I think, is a response to a lot of the positive union talk that uh, Joe Biden has been putting out there. And he, while he hasn't been able to get things like the PRO Act through Congress, he's done a lot of work through the agencies to uh, include pro-union language sure. in, um, you know, a lot of the policies and the, the, the regulations. And, 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 and let me ask you, Ed, what does the PRO Act do? I mean, tell, tell, give us a couple of hi- highlights. What, what doesn't the PRO Act do? I Interesting. Mean, really? So it's, uh, it does a number of things. So it would include things like uh, interest arbitration. Which we've talked about. Right, uh, which generally falls under the umbrella of 
uh, promoting collective bargaining agreements, promoting right. first collective bargaining agreements. So when you first form a union, you're not going to sit there for five years struggling to negotiate an agreement. Yep. It'll uh, create things like uh, interest arbitration and a rule to, um, you know, for the NLRB to order bargaining within 10 days of you know, the, the formation. So of no, the no more delays, these right. corporate delays. What about like card check? Would it allow unions to uh, get um, recognized just simply by signing cards? Yeah, promoting, uh, if you have a majority of workers just sign recognition cards, that's all you have to do doing away do then with with uh, all the anti-union captive audience meetings right. and all that it, kind of stuff. It would ban captive audience meetings, yep. um, and it would uh, close a loophole that uh, stops people from filing uh, financial forms to disclose their union busting activity. One thing I learned is that union busting is a three hundred and forty million dollar oh, per year industry, God. and that's that's what's re- reported. I bet it's even f- bigger for because, sure because law firms do it too, and yeah. I, they, I don't even think some of them report. As a matter of fact, a lot of union busters don't report, and they should. But once again what's the penalty for a lot of this stuff nothing right slap on the wrist to that point i think the the most important thing in my eyes uh that's in the pro act is it gives authority for meaningful penalties to be levied um against employers who violate their workers right so for an unfair labor practice which you know they're committed all the time um up to a $50,000 fine can be assessed for an unfair labor practice. And for employers who are repeat offenders, it can be up to $100,000. Good. So, I mean, as I said, unfair labor practices, um, they occur every day on workplaces, all you know, in workplaces across the country, across the state. So but, this, will, this will give some teeth as opposed to just posting a notice that says, hey, I'm sorry, we won't do it again. And then going and doing it again and, and posting it again and again notice. and again. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like Groundhog Day. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, if, if there's a $50,000 penalty assessed, then I think employers would be a little bit more wise to what the rules are and probably more likely to follow the rules. So, you know, you said something, Ed, earlier, and I want to I go back to this, that, that you don't think that this is going to pass um, because it's... it's it's too partisan. But a couple of, I think it was either this week or maybe it was last week, in a really strange turn of events, Montana went to pass right to work. And right to work means you don't have to pay union dues, et cetera, just all the stuff we've talked about. Yeah, it's, just, a, it's a Google law to, it, to, it destroys unions. Yeah, just drain the resources yeah. from unions yeah. and make them non-existent. It tries to destroy unions. It right. doesn't destroy the strong ones. But that being said, Montana, which is controlled by Republicans, mm-hmm. went to pass this bill. And what happened? So it went to Montana's House Business and Labor Committee, uh, which is a committee of 19 members. Uh, 13 of them are Republicans. Six of them were Democrats. And uh, the um, the bill was defeated 12 to 7. So in, in this case, I mean... I'll say again, at the federal level, once the PRO Act was reintroduced, all the Democrats came out in support, all the Republicans came out opposed, um, and that's the kind of gridlock that everything faces. So, you know, for, forgive me for being a little glass half empty at the federal level. It yeah, just seems to be the way of the world. But um, but at the state in, level... In Montana, yeah. especially, you're seeing the partisanship taken out of it, and it's just being looked at as a policy, as an economic policy, because right to work is a bad economic policy for states, for workers at the individual level, at the state ec- uh, economic level. Um, so that was that was a big deal, because usually... Um, you know, in it's the last party lines, yeah, in the last 15 years, anywhere that a right to work law has been passed, it's been done by Republican only votes, right? And nowhere do you find Democrats voting for and right the people, to work and laws. People came out and protested, right? And, and they made their yeah. voices heard. And you know what, what I think is interesting is that I have to venture a guess that 75% of the people that were literally out there protesting are Republicans, right? Building trades tend to be Republicans. That's true. And, you know, farmers and uh, business owners. And, but, you know, it was just regular rank and file people protesting. And I think 
kudos to Montana because they actually heard their people and they listened to them. But I'll, even more important than that, and you raise a really good point, but you know, even more symbolic than that is when, uh, think back to when uh, Wisconsin passed Anti-Worker Act 10, yes. and there, there were tens of thousands of people on the grounds. Or any state house where they pushed yep. right-to-work laws or right. the repeal of prevailing wage laws. These capitals have been packed with people against it. You never see a protest for right to work or for the repeal of wage laws. There are no crowds hitting the streets. So the urgency um, of these laws is non-existent. I mean, there's there's nobody behind it except for, um, you know, kind of like big money think tanks. The Colt brothers. And, right. You know, and they're funded. The Uline little, or whatever the guy's name is. Yeah. yeah. Dick uh, Uline. What's his name? Dick Uline. That, that's funny. Um, I mean, not that his name is funny, but, you know. Right. Um, so... That was interesting, and that was really, really cool. And I think it shows, like you said, that there is an upswing in the popularity of unions right right here and right now. For sure. And you also see people fighting back, right? So unions, look, what you just said about the bipartisan issue, when you take some of that stuff out, what happened right here in Illinois, the Workers' Rights Amendment, right. that was passed, you know, 50-plus percent, and in deep red um, Southern Illinois, in every county that uh, voted against the Democratic candidate, they voted for the Workers' Rights Amendment. That's so right. So you take away some of the politics and you get down to it, you know, people are starting to realize we need to support our workers. Supporting workers is good politics. It's for good policy and it period, always has period been. In the end. That's but, right. you know, right after the Workers' Rights Amendment was passed in the November election, yeah. um, there was a state that turned all Democrat. They call it a blue trifecta. Blue Senate, Blue House, Blue Governor's Mansion. That's Michigan. Yes. Um, so almost immediately, Michigan, um, you know, the, the uh, governor of Michigan started to say that one of the first things that she wanted to do was to repeal Michigan's right-to-work law and to restore the prevailing wage law that yes. was repealed probably about six or seven years ago. Right. Um, again, prevailing wage is basically like a minimum wage for construction workers, yep. and it uh, deters low-wage, unskilled labor from being brought in uh, and, you know, bidding and on... from your bridge collapsing. Let's, let's just call it what it is. Right. I mean, it's, um, you know, when... when Public projects like bridges, highways, schools, things like that, those yeah. are all paid for by taxpayers. You want skilled labor. Yeah, and you don't want taxpayers' money to be used to drive down the economic standard. And like, or you your know, tax dollars to pay for it, you know, somebody from Texas coming up and doing your job. Right. So, so, so the, what happened in Michigan? So there's great news in Michigan. Yeah. This past Wednesday, uh, the bills passed in the House to repeal right to work and to uh, reinstate um, prevailing wage in Michigan. So they're they're headed to the Senate. I think they're expected to pass tomorrow. That's amazing. And the governor has indicated she'll sign them both very quickly. Fantastic. So, so it, a turnaround. Yeah, it's, it was 2012 that right to work was passed in Michigan, and it was a shock to everybody because right. this is a state, this is GM, this yeah, is a strong UAW, union state absolutely. once upon a time. Right. And to see this happen was um, you know, devastating to working people and to labor advocates. So, you know, only 10 years later to see the pendulum, I would have liked to see it come back sooner, of course, but um, to be able to see it come back, um, you know, it's it's just a, it's a great thing. And and it's it shows good, good, the for the, good for the economy. And I can guarantee that if you looked at their economy pre, uh, you know, uh, right to work versus post right to work, people made less money. Right. Same as Wisconsin. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. What about, um, do we have time to talk about uh, this Senate hearing We've always got time. Ken. Okay, perfect. Let's talk about this one. This is really fascinating. And if you have a chance, you got to Google, um, just Google Teamsters 
uh, Sean O'Brien. He's the general president. We'll put this on our uh, on our Facebook page. Oh, okay. There you go. We'll yeah, put it on our to, Facebook. Go to page. Facebook yep. and yep. just look at uh, the Workers Mike page, and you can see this. Yeah. Um, so we're going to post it up there. But there was a Senate hearing that was called by Bernie Sanders, and we had we've been talking about this because he was going to call on the guy from Starbucks, who of course was a no show. But they call, he's actually having a Senate hearing now to talk with you know, corporate CEOs about union busting, about why they're, you know, not giving their workers a fair chance. And so there's a Senate hearing going on. And some labor leaders were testifying. One of them was uh, a guy named Sean O'Brien. He's the general president of the Teamsters. Teamsters have 1.3 million members, Mm -hmm. uh, very strong union, obviously been around for a long time, long storied past. But they're having the Senate hearing. He's testifying, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, you got this guy named Mark Wayne Mullen. Not Mark Wayne, Mark Wayne. It's one word? It's one word. Mark Wayne Mullen. Is there a, hy- a hyphen or is that just one long it's word? It's just one really long word. Mark right. Wayne. Well, what did Mark Mullen. Wayne have to say? He's from Oklahoma and he was, he's a Senate and a Republican. And it seems like an Oklahoma kind of name. Nothing against Oklahoma. He's actually, they said, the first Native American to be elected. I think he's Cherokee. So he and I have that in common. I drive a Cherokee, and he's a Cherokee. I didn't know that. Yeah, now you know. Small world. It is a small world. So it immediately got into this ridiculous, like, you know, banter back and forth between Sean O'Brien and this guy, Mark Wayne, who, of course, started with, you know, I'm not anti-union. I have plenty of friends that are union, which is the equivalent <laughs> yeah. of saying, you yeah, know. Don't, you don't uh, even have to say it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> never mind. You know you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, these union uh, thugs and, uh, you know, I, I started, I you know brought myself with the you know, boots up and blah, blah, blah. And, it, and, and it turns out, like, the guy was an MMA fighter and literally said to, to Sean O'Brien, he's like, hey, you know, I'm not afraid of a physical confrontation. So they literally threatened you know, the head of the team is just to fight. Yeah, keep it <laughs> and, classy, yeah. Congressman. And Sean O'Brien just schooled this guy. That's like, wow, tough guy, you yeah. know? Like, Mr. Corporate CEO, how much money did you make? And the guy's like, oh, you know, I only took $50,000 in salary. Well, guess what? He took over his daddy's business. He's worth uh, $30 million right now. He's one of these schmucks that is, you know, th- he's born on third base and thinks he exactly. got a triple. You, exactly. know, you know what I mean? So exactly. if you can Google say. this exchange, I mean, it is just worth its weight in gold because what do the what do they do when they really have no answer to why they're union busting or why they, this legislation the pro act hasn't passed or whatever they literally resort to I'll kick your ass in the parking lot yeah it's, a, it's just it's mind boggling to me so if you get a chance you know whatever we'll link it on, on our uh, on our webpage or our What's it called? The Facebook? The Facebook. The Facebook. We'll link it on the Facebook. Um, it's on the, the web, the, the World Wide Web. Oh, that, that thing. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait that goes away. Yeah. It's, it's a fad, isn't it? I mean, everything so I just said, by the way, it was brought to me by Chatbot. Chatbot? That's not true. Okay. I actually, well, that's good. I actually read about this. You know, the, I'll, I'll say this. Noam Chomsky, uh, yeah, you know, a, a brilliant that, thinker, he did that. a column yeah. uh, along with a couple of others in the New York Times just saying that these chatbots are... <laughs> evil the banality of the evil. banality of evil that's exactly right <laughs> yeah you made a good point listen um we're going to be right back we have a, a special surprise at the end of our show we have a yet another giveaway can you believe that another giveaway so ken's um, giving away his winter clothes because the weather's getting so nice <laughs> well look, stick out, around. look outside yeah right. stick around we'll be right back right here on 720 wgn with the workers mic you're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken. 
Sitting next to me is Ed. And if you are just tuning in, um, we talked a bunch of nonsense about a bunch of cool stuff. That was fun. Uh, and if you, you missed any of it, yeah. check out YouTube at 9 o'clock. We'll have the whole show streaming live. Look for the workers' mic on YouTube. Unedited, by the way. Director's cut. So let me just say this. Uh, one of the um, one thing I know um, is that Ed's mom... Um, her name is Jane. Careful here. I don't, where, I don't know where you're going with this, Ken. <laughs> um, no, Jane, Jane Maher is a, a, an enormous fan of both WGN uh, and, and the show. And doesn't she have a thing with like this joke thing on WGN? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you. That's very nice of you. No, to, uh, yeah. Shout to, out to shout Jane. Out. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, John Williams, every day he does jokes. Right. And it's become like a popular thing. And uh, so my mom writes them down and tells us jokes. And because of that show, that's like part of her identity to her grandkids and her family is she's the grandma who's got lots of jokes. <laughs> and it's all thanks to just listening to that show. So it's kind of a, a funny coincidence. She is a WGN fanatic. That's I would say that's And accurate. a big fan of the workers, Mike. And we yeah. appreciate Jane, you listening. Thank you so much. Love you, Mom. What else we got today? We got to talk about... Um, First of all, we have a giveaway, but before we get to the giveaway, because we're going to leave that for last, that's what people do. Union jobs available. There are union jobs available, and let's talk about them right now. IDOT, the Illinois Department of Transportation, um, they had an open house yesterday, um, but you can actually just go on their website. They are hiring right now, and these are really, really good jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're hiring an engineering technician. Or tech, I should say, these are the positions for which they're hiring, not just one. Engineering tech, civil engineer, and civil engineer is pretty high end, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is not, it takes a lot of schooling. It is a super high professional job. Um, automotive mechanic, so just straight up turning wrenches, probably right. fixing, you know, uh, equipment, uh, cars, et cetera. A realty specialist, I have no idea what that is. Class A CDL operator, yep. CDL meaning commercial driver's license. Right. A lot of the unions have those programs where you can go to, like, I think 150's training site, we For actually sure. do the, yeah, the testing, Yeah, get a CDL right? driver's license. I think, I assume the Teamsters have it, a lot of unions sure. have it, right? Um, and then, what I think is the best, is a bridge operator. Bridge operator? Yeah. Yeah. That's an important job. Right? Yeah, I mean, in Chicago, we're looking down over the Chicago River, and there are bridge tenders. Uh, you know, when, in the summer when the boats are coming in and out, you got to put the bridges up and down. And I would like to shout out to those members who are uh, fellow brother local 150 operating engineers. They're bridge tenders. Yeah, bridge tenders. And they sit in a little box. And they make the bridges go up and down. How much do they make? Not enough. <laughs> it's never enough. No. Are you kidding me? Stupid question. It is a stupid question. <laughs> but all these IDOT jobs, um, uh, with the exception of maybe the realty specialist, I don't know what that is. Um, but I believe a lot of them are, are union jobs. Yeah, a lot of them are union jobs. So you should look on the website, see what union there are, do your due diligence. But go ahead, go ahead and apply. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the people are hiring right now. Go get it. And these IDOT jobs, most of them, if I'm not mistaken, are year round. They're you know right. forty hours a week. They're guaranteed, so you're not laid off in the winter. I mean, you're literally working year round. You have vacation, you have sick time, you have a pension, etc. Mm-hmm. So go get it. You know, shout out to my man Billy Cruz. He works over at IDOT. He's an HR guy. He's my neighbor. Great guy. Is that right? Yeah. So whenever there's little squabbles among employees, he's the one who has to sort it out. So does if he, you're does a squabbler, he like, is he like on your like your block? Does yeah. he, Does he resolve all the problems on your block? No, he's just always pulling his hair out about everything. Is that right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Billy's the best. Billy, what's his name? Billy Cruz. Call Billy Cruz and tell him Ed Maher sent you. Yeah, Ed suggested I call you directly. If you don't want a job, that's what you should do. <laughs> anyway, okay, so, we, so we we have a we have a giveaway today. Yes, we do. Um, and it is a gift card again. 
$100 gift card to Lou Malnati's, um, and it is sponsored by the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. And we have to figure out a way to win this gift card. So I was thinking, you tell me if, if you know this is out of line. Um, this I hate it when you say that, Ken. I know. Mark Wayne McMullen. No, Mark Wayne Mullen. That's the guy's name. Mark Wayne Mullen. He's the senator from Oklahoma. He's the guy that got absolutely schooled by the Teamster general president. Put the funniest Twitter um, comment on Mark Wayne Mullen's Twitter, which I did this morning, by the way. Okay. Tag us, Workers Mike. Uh, yeah, the Workers And whoever Mike. comes up with the funniest thing gets, gets 100 bucks. Yeah. Is that all right? I, why not? Okay. Do you know I mean, how to use Twitter? I know how to use Twitter. I did this the morning. Twitter? Yeah, the yeah. Twitter. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you one thing. It's oh, the, good, the Elon Musk thing. It's a good prize because, I mean, I love Lou Malnati's. Get the uh, Italian beef and Jardinera pizza. You know what? I, I give it it's credit. I, I'm from New York. I don't love Chicago pizza, but Lou, Lou Malnati's, I think, is pretty decent. Yeah. So. Thank you for sticking with us this yeah, week. Yeah, we appreciate it. We will be back next week with more of The Worker's Mike right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mike was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mike, visit WGNRadio.com.